Well, hi, and uh, welcome to another People Podcast. It's uh, Pastor Ryan here, the uh, Senior Pastor of C3 People, and today I'm very pleased to have a good mate, Eli Love, with me. Hello. And uh, Eli, I love his story, and I'm, I'm so pleased to share it. It's one of authenticity. It's one of uh, going on a new journey and willing to go on it. And uh, I just thought, man, the world's got to hear this. And so uh, it's good to have you with us, Eli. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Now, uh, I know a little bit about your story. You grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney? That's correct. That's where life started? Yeah. What was that like? Tell me about your childhood, firstly, and just what life was like on the northern beaches of Sydney. Yeah, okay. Um, Honestly, I don't remember all that much because I left when I was eight years old. Yeah, right. Um, But what memories I do have was mostly just kind of, um, it was really crazy, like, there was actually a lot going on that I kind of found out about later on in life that I didn't realize at the time. Yeah. But in terms of the way that I remember the emotions that I felt as a kid, I just had like basically a pretty free, playful childhood. My parents always made sure that I was happy. I was just like always in church. Right. Um, we went to C3 Oxford Falls, which is really cool. The mothership. Yeah, back in the 90s. Come on, when the party was happening. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) When the mullets were just fading out. Everyone was wearing nice, like, acid-washed blue jeans. Come on, that that were good days in C3. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've got got one brother? Yeah, sure do. I've got an older brother. Reese. Two years my senior. Yeah. That's it, Reese. And a little sister. She's three years younger than me. That's right. Yeah. And you're both musicians, you and your brother. We sure are. We actually play music together. You do, and you were telling me uh, before this that uh, you're about to get some music mastered. Yeah, we sure are. So we just put the finishing touches on mixing our track um, last night. So we'll be releasing that hopefully in the next two or three weeks. Love it. Yeah. What kind of sound? Uh, reggae. I'd call it reggae. It's um, it's kind of upbeat. It's got our flavour to it. We've got a fair bit of energy, us boys, but yeah. It was reggae. Come on. And your main instrument's drums. Yeah. And would you say, uh, hearing you, you're probably like jazz, reggae, obviously. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's it. I love blues. Um, I love rock music, dude. That was my first love as a music. Favourite artist? Uh, growing up, probably like Foo Fighters. Okay. Yeah. Come on. And, and a nice, bit of Creed. Straight stuff. Bit of Creed, dude. Real arms wide open. Uh, Creed was one of the first concerts I went to. That was uh, that was good. It was good, <laughs> some good, good, some big uh, Scott Stamp. He's a bit class. Mm, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> the Foo Fighters, yeah, big big rock band. Love it. Yeah. Uh, did you going back to your childhood? Did you the mum and dad kind of encourage you in your creative endeavours? Um, they basically said to me, "Whatever I'm into, that I could do that." as an adult, as long as I stick to it and I'm good enough at it. Yeah, right. Um, but they played us a lot of music. Like, I remember growing up listening to The Police in the car, Bob Marley, um, U2, just good quality music. And yeah, so right. I was happy to have that as my foundation. So Bob Marley, that's maybe where the reggae love came from, That's maybe. it, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of Bob. That's good. Yeah. And what, so you move, you, you grow up partly in the northern beaches of Sydney, yep. you know, part of church, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then you moved up to Newcastle. Yeah. What was that like? Coming um, up from I remember 
finding it pretty daunting to think of like finding new friends at school and whatever and the change of lifestyle but once again I was pretty young so it wasn't all that huge a deal for me yeah um actually the first time I stepped foot into the new school that I came to in Newcastle which was Belmont Christian College yeah um BCC come on that's it represent (laughs) a good friend of mine who's to this day one of my best friends walked up and said hey man what's your name Eli he goes oh sweet come and meet my friends you can hang out with us and it was just everything I'd worried about was just gone within like five seconds of arriving to the school so come on it's like the major thing as a kid and even as an adult is to have have good friends around right yeah you're like oh whatever learning but uh yeah exactly do I have a mate yeah so good what uh you so you you went through school and was school difficult was it a enjoyable experience or yeah, it was a bit of both. So um, I was pretty, pretty good at school right up until the time that I had to study for something. Yeah. So in terms of academically, I always performed well, um, but I was lazy. Uh, I really enjoyed the social side of um, school, and I didn't mind the attention that I could get from doing outrageous things. So I was a bit of a class clown. Really? What's yeah. outrageous? I like. I pulled my friend's pants down and then stomped on them with my feet in the middle of an assembly. Okay, that's rough. Yeah, I got kicked off the music team for that. I'd imagine you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I walked around the school in a dress once. And yeah. Yeah, I just didn't mind the attention. That, didn't mind getting a laugh off that, people. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there was that, but um, a few things happened towards the end of my schooling life. Like uh, I had an auntie die and... My grandpa died, both in like while I was doing the HSC, and I'd oh. never been told anything about how to process things like that, and I hadn't set myself up growing up to kind of deal with anything like that. Yeah. Um. So like, I was just lost. I didn't know how to process anything, and like, I was already kind of lazy. So basically, towards the end of school, I just flunked, flunked yeah. year eleven and twelve. Also chose a subject that I'm just like so far from like having any skill or interest in it at all. Come I chose on, what was that? physics. Physics, oh. and that was my most heavily weighted, marked. Oh, uh, disaster! Subject. Absolute disaster! I failed so that. Yeah. Come on. It stuffed me up a bit. So I was I was pretty sad, honestly, from the age of about like fifteen, sixteen up until maybe like nineteen, twenty. I was a pretty sad dude, eh? Really? Sad, lazy, couldn't get me to move, couldn't wake me up before 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You're kidding me? No. Wow. Yeah. And were you playing music through this time? Yeah, that was the one thing that I've always stuck to. So I started playing the drums when I was 12 years old. Um, I begged my parents for a kit from the age of 10 and 11 and they got me a kit for my, um, I turned 12 um, just after Christmas and I got it for Christmas that year. Acoustic kit. Yeah, an acoustic kit. Which, what type? Um, it was just like a generic drum shop brand one. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it was it was really good for the first kit. And you and your bro started to bash it out? Yeah, well, first I had to get up to speed, because he'd been playing guitar for a little while before I got my kit. I think he'd been playing for two years, and he picked it up really quickly, so he was getting good. And so I kind of saw that, and I was like, oh, wow, we can actually like do this and play these instruments. Right. So I would just spend hours... In the afternoon, just getting away. I'd like, 
I didn't really think of wanting to socialise with my friends all that much throughout school either. Like I kind of, I had friends at school and I did see them every now and then on the weekend, but I wasn't the one to ever call up a friend and say, hey, come over, let's hang out. I just kind of just stuck around the house and either listened to music or played music. I used to play the drums with some headphones and just rocking out to Blink-182 with Foo Fighters, whatever it was. So would you say that you're like a social recluse then or...? Yeah, sort of. It's it's kind <laughs> of strange. You are a social like, guy. Yeah, actually, even still these days, I kind of I choose the times that yeah. I'm sociable though. Yeah, you go social recluse. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I was a social recluse and still kind of am. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's so good. What did you want to be as a young guy? Uh, I went through. A, I went through a different, a few different things. I always wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of had ideas of like having a career at one point I wanted to be an architect and that was why I chose physics and like that was the most fleeting dream I've ever had I reckon it lasted about six months and it happened to be the six months that I chose my subjects for Um, oh dear but yeah architect I mm, I don't really know I think I had some dreams of um, working in the emergency services I just want to be a firefighter for a for a minute there, yeah. As you do, every kid wants to be a fine Yeah, right? exactly. I love it. So you left school then, and what 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 did life kind of take its course then? Um, after I left school, uh, I'd pick up like a couple of days of work, working at um, my dad was managing Oz Steel, so we were just putting frames together. Yeah, um, good. I was doing that. It was a pretty good hookup, but like I wasn't getting much work out of it. And I think I was pretty slow and crappy at work in retrospect. I thought I was all right at the time, but I'd never worked a day in my life, so I didn't really know. Right. And I had no pace about me. Um, I did that and just spent the rest of my time just bumming around. Like I said, I was a bit of a sad sack just after school. Yeah. Um, I used to spend late nights hanging out at Macca's with my mates, and we used to just like, I used to love getting ice cream cones. And yeah. we'd get like four of them and stick them all together and eat them and we'd like... Late night Macca's run. Yeah. Just yeah. like throw things at people. <laughs> now, one of, your, one of the difficult moments I know you had in your life was when one of your closest friends uh, passed who was struggling with illness for quite a while. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So when I made friends happen? with that guy at the place that I was working at, I was still. Yeah. Um, and we formed a really tight bond... Uh, in it would have been oh actually no we we formed a tight bond when i was still in school like 2011 2012 and then we were friends right up until um he passed in 2015 and that really rocked me um yeah so in recent times i i heard this there's this guy that i listened to jordan peterson he's a clinical psychologist and he talks about you want to be the the strongest person at your father's funeral. You want to be the one that other people are leaning on for help. Because that means that you've got yourself sorted out. Um, And I remember at Jesse's funeral, dude, I was just bawling my eyes out. I was making so much noise and I wasn't trying to. I was so embarrassed. Um, I was just howling. I I hadn't really, like... I felt like I'd wasted time. There was times where Jesse and I would, like have little issues and wouldn't talk to each other for like weeks at a time so I really struggled with that um, so I had a lot of regrets when he passed that I've since made peace with basically through the grace of God like, yeah had a lot of prayer about it 
Um, but yeah, that at the same time as it rocked me, it kicked me into gear. It made me look at my life and go, okay, my time here is limited. I have no yeah. idea when I'm going to go, so what do I want to do? Wow. And that's when I got serious. I was like, well, the one thing I've only ever wanted to do is play music. Mm. So that's when uh, my brother and I decided to start this project that we've been working on since. And um, Is that right? It's taken a couple of different forms. Yeah, so we've been working on it since 2015 properly. We'd had mm-hmm. bands before then that we tried to make things happen with and then um, some things got in the way. Um, I think it was God. Well, I know it was God, but yeah. yeah, and that was when we decided to work on this project um, that we're on now, yeah. I, I know that was a difficult moment, but also uh, another one was, was obviously when your parents separated. Yeah, so they're still in that process. Yeah. Um, got the news early 2018 that yeah. that was happening. Yeah. And I could feel kind of the rumblings of the earth a little bit before that. Things seemed a little bit iffy, so mm. that's been a bit weird, but um, I've definitely felt more prepared to deal with it. Um, one thing that that did to me was shock me into thinking about um, having some pillars in my life and mm. basically brought me back to church. So Wow. Yeah. Where was God in those times then? Was he distant? Was he close? Um, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to God. What, what, do, what do you mean by that? I didn't try to seek him. I'd forgotten that he was there for me to ask for his help because I always had I've never rejected God in my life I've never said that I'm not a Christian but I spent from the age of about 16 until um, last year just kind of pretending he wasn't there and just living my life the way I wanted to yeah partying and um, just yeah just trying to do whatever would satisfy me at the time Mm. I was a real kind of instant gratification kind of guy. And um, basically I saw where that led me. A bunch of sadness meant that I wasn't able to deal with things that I should have been better at dealing with. Wow. Um, so I started listening to this motivational speaker and I'm really thankful for my brother for introducing him to me. His name is Eric Thomas. Mm. And it was the first time I'd ever had... A, cr- a Christian guy? Or? Yeah, he's a Christian guy. Yeah, right. Um, it was the first time I'd ever had just consistent encouragement that I could go to where this guy, like, even though it was messages on YouTube and, um, podcasts and stuff, I really felt like he genuinely believed that everyone had a chance to make it and that we can all do something. Wow. Um, so I started allowing that to speak into my life and, um, that started me on a journey a few years ago where I decided that I wanted to be the best version of myself that I could be. That's incredible. And then when, um... Mom, the stuff with mum and dad happened that was a bit more reinforcement to it. it was like well it's up to me to deal with this stuff and make sure that I'm still living my life the best way I can wow. um, it's up to me to take responsibility for my own issues and everything that I might struggle with uh, in order to one day have a family and not have it basically fall apart the way that things can if yeah. You, if you let them go too far, so. So in terms of coming back to God, what what did that feel like? What did that what was that experience like? It was pretty freaky. Um, it was out of nowhere actually because I 
So basically, after listening to this dude for a few years, I was thinking about which areas of my life I um, needed, like I was working on. So I decided that I was going to make sure I keep myself fit because I know that that's good for not only your body but your mind. Um, I decided I wanted to work as hard as I possibly can in whatever I'm doing. In everything that I've got, I want to be giving my all. Um, I decided to work on my education and just start reading a lot and just, yeah, finding what I'm interested in and really delving into that. Uh, but I noticed that one of the things that was completely missing was my spiritual life. I'm like, yeah. I know that it's there. I've always known that it's there. I grew up in the church with a real revelation of Jesus and basically left it behind. Yeah. I was like, so what am I doing? Um, but having said that, I was kind of tied up in living life a certain way that I didn't want to accept the fact that the spiritual life was real. So oh. I kind of thought about it a little bit. Um, but as it turns out, God was on my case. My mum was praying for me. Um, I had a bunch of strange kind of incidents happen where uh, a guy that I'd met maybe once or twice in church and never spoken to just kind of randomly hit me up to hang out and he's ended up being like a huge part of my life like just speaks life into me and encourages me and basically helped direct me to God in such a soft way such an unjudgmental way um, so he came along but what really brought me back to God was uh, I was dating a girl at the time and she was a Christian and I wasn't even aware that she was a Christian when we first started dating and then she asked me to come to church with her uh, one day and I was pretty reluctant I felt really strange doing it but I just kind of felt like it was the right thing to do hmm. so I went into this church and um, flirt to convert that was it, man. <laughs> to convert. She nailed it. Yeah. Um, gotcha. <laughs> so that happened. And um, yeah, it's still been a journey even being in church. Like from the time that I first stepped into church to when I kind of recommit my life back to God. Yeah. That took some months. And then from where I was then to making decisions to change my life and live in a way that I believe would please God been a long journey since then as well so did you kind of like obviously growing up in church was that part of the fear of like if i if i can't give my life back to god and come back into the walk into the church that possibly oh i'm gonna have to make all these life alterations was that a that was 100 percent it yeah right yeah it was I'm like thinking... man, i don't want to stop doing the stuff i'm doing like yeah i find it fun but at the end of the day i realized that everything that god teaches he teaches because it's best for us. Yeah. It's not like, they're not these rules that he just has that you have to stick to because life has to be hard. Actually, you find the liberation in self-discipline. Yeah. Because, yeah. God, God's ways are best. I mean, his word says that they're good, pleasing and perfect. Exactly. And uh, but you, you kind of, you, you can believe the other. So, you, I mean, you obviously then did. You made some decisions for your life. You decided to follow God. Yep. You're going to recommit your life. You, you made some life alterations. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you talked about having pillars in your life as well. Talk to me about that. Who were the... You talked about one friend. But what kind of a difference to good friends that uh, believe the same kind of things have upon your life? Uh, all the difference. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, when I think about the way that I would live my life before recommitting to God, it was in such a way that I was just surrounded with people that also kind of like, well, the people that I was hanging around didn't care at all about God. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's fine. Everyone's on their own journey. But what that meant for me was that I was around these influences that had no boundaries on themselves. Yeah. Um, so I was getting into all sorts of trouble that when I looked at, well, when I got into a deep conversation with these people that I was around, like none of them were inherently happy. Is that right? That's right. That like they all like everyone just had these deep seated issues that didn't sound like they were on any sort of journey towards resolving. Yeah. And I noticed that things just never got better with these people. So what a, a lack of purpose then? Or? They were lacking purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. It was like w- nothing matters. It's that whole kind of nihilistic view that the world seems to want to push on people is nothing matters so just do what you want just one party to me yeah yeah but the problem is even if nothing mattered and that were the case then wouldn't you choose to do things that make you feel good anyway yeah like so i took a moment to step back and observe where people that i wanted to like so people that i aspired to be like yeah People that were where I wanted to get to, the way that they lived their lives, compared with people that were living their life the way that I was at that time. Wow. And I was like, dang, I need to make some changes because this has never worked for anyone. And none of these people are happy. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about recent days. So you kind of recommitted your life yeah. probably 18 months ago now, or the journey of. Yeah. Would you say the journey started maybe 18 months yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. But where are you at now? If we talk about, you're talking about purpose has been something significant pillars friends Mm -hmm. where's purpose now in terms of coming closer to god is is there a greater sense of the reality of a purpose at calling on your life or absolutely so um since in the 18 months since i kind of made that big change um i've found like a real clear idea of where I want to be heading in the future. Wow. And God's also given me a clear way of doing that. So I've got a lot of structure in in my day. I've got a, a, a strong routine that I follow every single day. I, I never had that. Um, there's certain things that I used to do that I don't do. I used to drink all the time and get sloppy drunk, and now I don't really drink alcohol at all. Yeah. Um, I'll save you some money. Save me money and a lot of headaches. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> um, the people that I'm around, I, I'm really intentional about the people that I have around myself and um, the people that I get around. Uh, I noticed like one of the biggest things about coming to C3 in particular is just the positivity that emanates from this building and not just the building, like anywhere you see people from C3. Yeah, there's okay. just like you just see the life in them, and yeah. that was so attractive. Um, and it's basically exactly like it. It just seems like the ideal way to be. Yeah, honestly, emanating positivity. Like, how could you argue against that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what does life look like for the future? Now? Life looks like. Um, see, here's the thing. 
you don't know where you're going to end up. God chooses maybe to allow some people to see that, but for most of us, like you can't actually see into the future. Yeah. But what you can do is set goals. It's like you've got a target here that you're aiming at. If you're aiming at the target, first of all, you're going to miss a whole bunch of times early on because you have no idea how to shoot an arrow. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the more you do it, the closer you get and you start working out what you're actually aiming at. Yeah. And so my future, I, I just want to play music for the oh. rest of my life. That's the thing that I enjoy most and I want to be able to make money playing music. Which, Love it. Which I've started doing. So we play covers gigs and um, do a bit of stuff around town. Um, so that's the start of it. But yeah, in the future, I don't know exactly where God's going to take me, but I know that um, he's given me a passion for music. And Love so, it. yeah, I'll be doing something with that. Eli Love, thank you for sharing your story. No worries. Um, I love it. It has to to watch your life in the, over the last eighteen months. It has been quite remarkable, and I am excited about the future and all the beautiful sounds and things that have come out of your life. Thank you. So, uh, thank you for your time, and thank you everyone else for tuning in. I look forward to uh, sharing another story with you soon. Thanks for having me. <laughs>